and welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is a place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back Tom Slater, Joint Manager of the Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Tom is head of the US equities team and is a decision maker on long-term global growth portfolios. He joined Bally Gifford in 2000 and became a partner of the firm in 2012. After serving as deputy manager for five years, Tom was appointed joint manager of Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust in 2015. During his time at Bailey Gifford, he has also worked in the developed Asia and UK equity teams. His investment interest is focused on high growth companies, both in listed equity markets and as an investor in private companies. He graduated with a BSc in computer science with mathematics from the University of Edinburgh in 2000. So just by way of reminder, um, perhaps first of all, uh, could you go over again uh, the basic investment style and objectives for, for the trust, please? Yeah, sure. The objective of the trust is really quite straightforward. Um, we aim to um, identify the world's most attractive growth companies and where we find them to be very long term and patient owners. Um, and that search takes us um, to, to a very ge geographically diverse set of investments. Um, and it also takes us to both the publicly listed uh, companies and private companies. Yeah, OK. So um, how does the uh, current sector and, and country allocation of the trust uh, come together? How does it look? Well, about half the portfolio is invested in the US. Um, about quarter of it is in Asia and about quarter of it is in Europe. Um, but I guess what I would stress within that is is actually we, we don't think country weightings are necessarily particularly helpful. So if you take that that US allocation, um, it is it is the, the vast majority of it is allocated to the west coast of the US. It's our allocation to San Francisco and to Seattle um and 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 some parts of southern california that are that are really important there um and, and I, th I think the model of capitalism the type of companies the dynamism the innovation is really quite or has at least been really quite different um, um on the west coast of the us to to what we found in 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 east coast us capitalism um if if you look at um sector weightings again not something that that we look at as the investors um but but through the eyes of the index makers, you'd say we have a, a significant positions in consumer discretionary and in technology. Um, the reason we don't look at it is because we don't think either of those descriptions tells you a great deal. Um, you know, just because um, the you know, Amazon shopfront is is powered by Moore's law and technology, you know the the opportunities it faces, the profit streams and, and revenue streams that it's disrupting are ones in retail first in in media and 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 then in more general retail um and and we sort of view it through the eyes of, of what the underlying company is trying to achieve rather than which which sector it happens to have been classified into by by the makers of stock market indices so with, with that in mind and, and just to give us a bit of color tom could you perhaps talk us through uh, one of one or two of your top holdings at the moment well, our largest holding is is in Moderna, um, the, the the vaccine maker and, and RNA company. Uh, but if you look at some of the other holdings, you know, we have um, significant positions in some Chinese companies. So, for example, Tencent, um, the, the social media um, platform. 
or commercial. But I think I think actually that does a disservice. One of the companies that that underpins basically the consumer economy in China. Um, I guess another holding which which um, has has been closely associated with the trust over over the past five years would be in Tesla, um, the the maker of electric vehicles. Um, but I, if I pull sort of a common thread um, be, be, amongst those top holdings, it's companies that are going after really big opportunities where we think that there is some edge that they have in the way that they approach that task that um, allows them to, to convert that opportunity into um, attractive products for their users, um, to create value for, the, for, for all the partners in that ecosystem. And ultimately, as a result of that, create value for, for shareholders. So the the recent um, overhang in terms of uh, regulatory crackdowns in, in China, for example, that's not something that's that's muddying the water for you when we're talking about Tencent. I, I think it's muddying the water for everybody. You know, there, there is clearly a change of um, atmosphere towards um, the, towards private sector um, development. The, the role the private sector pays in the, the development of society in China. And I, I think it's, you know, as, as you see this, um, the, 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 gov- the governance layers um, of, of the society um, um, brush up against commerce and, and what, what people are trying to do in the corporate sector, you know, it, it does create these periods of, of friction and we're all trying to work out exactly what it implies. The, the real question for us is, does it truncate the, the opportunity set for these big companies? You know, are, there, you know, is, is, are there going to be, to be limitations on their market power? Um, you know, are, they, is, are there going to be limitations on their, their, their profitability and profit margins? Um, and I think we're just we're working through these issues, um, but we do it from the standpoint of of long term and supportive owners. So we, we we you know we don't react immediately to news. We 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 try and understand the implications. We try and work with the companies to understand what they're doing about it, rather than meeting make, making snap judgments. Um, now, as we mentioned in the introduction, you also remain committed to searching for investment opportunities in unquoted companies. Um, why is this, Tom, and what sort of percentage do these represent in your overall portfolio? If you go back to what we're trying to do, it's to own the world's most interesting and exciting, underappreciated grown, growth, opportun- growth companies, growth opportunities for long periods of time. And our observation has been that companies have been waiting till later in their life cycle to come to public markets. Um, they've been able to fund themselves very easily. As private companies, there's a lot of capital there. Um, often they haven't required a huge amount of capital um, because they can use modern tools, modern infrastructure for their business, which is more of an operating cost than a capital cost. Um, and so that means their founders have often stayed in control of their boardrooms. They don't have outside capital pushing them to go public. And so our observation, if you if you go back 10 years, was that if we're going to maintain that opportunity set, we have to go find these companies where they are. Um, we, we can't just sort of complacently do what we've, we've always done in, in public markets because those companies we've traditionally invested in just aren't there anymore. And, you know, if you, if you, if you sort of want evidence for that, you know, take, take the example of Alibaba 
um, which which first listed on public stock markets when it was valued at $160 billion. You know, the first trade was at $200 billion. Um, if, if you wanted to capture some of that value creation from zero to 200, you had to be investing in it as a, as a private company. Um, and so you know, we, we, we're not investing in startups. We haven't changed what we're doing. Um, we're, we're investing in companies of scale. Um, and, and increasingly, we're, we, we, we have to go to, to private markets to find them. We last spoke in June 2020 um, at something of a defining moment for markets globally following the impact uh, of the pandemic. How has the trust fared since that time? Well, the type of companies that we owned have have been um, really important in allowing society, the economy to continue to function um, through through this period. Um, you know, the, the, there, there are those that are sort of obvious um, um, companies like Zoom, whose you know, who's, uh, video conferencing product has has become almost ubiquitous through this period. Um, but there's there's other companies that help enterprises to function when when all their employees aren't sat in one office, they're, they're sat at home. Um, there's you know, companies like Amazon or, or Wayfair that have allowed us to continue to buy the products and services that we need when we, we've, we've been isolated. And there's the healthcare companies that have have um, been centrally important in in a, fi- helping us to find a path out of, of this current situation. So that has been um, um, reflected in in the stock prices of a lot of these companies. You know, the, the performance of the trust has, has been really strong. And then the challenge for us as managers is saying, has, has the potential that these companies have been fully recognized by the market and in their share prices, or has the opportunity set fundamentally changed as a result of what's happened um, that, that therefore changes the, the growth from this point and the value that we should attribute to it? Sure. So with, with, that, with that in mind, Tom, did, did the market swings give you opportunities to buy new shares or indeed sell existing ones? And, and with that in mind also, what is your outlook in terms of where we are at the moment? Well, the, the, the most centrally important opportunity that, that has been created for us over the past year through the, through the volatility of markets was the opportunity to buy into Moderna at the start of, of this year. Um, this is a company that that we've followed for a long time, um, and what um, they are able to do is um, to um, program the the machinery that's, uh, that it, that op- that 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 exists in the cells of the human body. Um, so rather than um, programming with zeros and ones to make computer software, it's programming with GTs, A's and C's, um, the, 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 the fundamental ge- genetic building blocks um, to, to, to help program our cells. Um, and you've seen that um, most publicly in the, the, the incredibly rapid speed that they, they were able to come up with a, a vaccine for, for COVID-19. Um, which has has brought the company to to much greater attention. Now, um, as as we as we approached the end of last year, um, people began to become optimistic that we were going to come out of lockdown. That that um, 
back to inverted commas normal. Um, and so the the shares in in Moderna were um, were sold off um, quite dramatically, and that created as, uh, an opportunity for us to buy in in size. And the reason that we were interested to buy in is because we think what's happened has demonstrated that this technology um, can have a huge impact way beyond what's what's happening with COVID, um, and also that what they've done in COVID will allow them to fund. Um, fund themselves to actually exploit those opportunities. And so um, we, we we took a significant position at the start of the year. That is now the, the fund's largest holding at about 10% of the portfolio. Um, so there are opportunities thrown up by, by the, the type of volatility that we've seen. For us, it's not about trading stocks because they're 10% too cheap or 10% um, too expensive. But, but where there are companies that, that we've done the work where, where we really believe in the long-term fundamental story, you know, there, there can be opportunities you know, to, to, to pick up interesting investments. And that, that certainly is one. That's a very interesting point because obviously there are at the moment um, really uh, rapid uh, accelerations in, in some of the developments that are being made, not just in terms of uh, uh, medicines and genomics, um, but uh, on, a, on a more broad-based sort of uh, approach, we're, we're also seeing um, other growth opportunities potentially from AI. Um, are, the, are these areas, apart from Moderna, are these areas that you've got a constant uh, lookout on? Well, I think they're incredibly exciting areas. You know, if you look at you know, some of the companies that have been important for Scottish mortgage over the past 10 years, um, the, the likes of, of Amazon, of of Alphabet of Tencent of Alibaba, you know they're they're taking these tools of of modern technology and they've transformed the industries that they operate in, you know, in in retail and media. But what we're seeing now is the application of these technologies to healthcare, and healthcare has has not seen the impact of technology in anything like the way we've seen in in retail or in media. Instead, you've had cost inflation to the point where the healthcare service has become unaffordable. But if you can start to see these technologies that are on these exponential cost decline um, curves that can improve the outcomes for patients um, that, that evolve and iterate in the way that, that we've seen in these other areas, then I think that's massively exciting. So we've touched on Moderna. I'll, I'll talk about another holding we have, um, recursion pharmaceuticals. What they're doing is, is transforming the traditional process of drug discovery. Um, which was that you, you, you know, a university professor might, might have a hypothesis about a potential drug candidate. You'd have a PhD student at a bench for, lab bench for three months, you know, testing that hypothesis to see what would work. What recursion pharmaceuticals are doing is taking a library of hundreds of thousands of potential drug candidates um, and testing it against um, um, hundreds of thousands of disease states in, in cells induced by in, induced by the the, the, the um, um, genetics um, and and then monitoring the progress of those cells. Now you couldn't hope hope to process you know the output of a million experiments a week using a human at a lab bench. Instead, they have one of the world's fastest supercomputers. They're using AI to process those results, and the outcome we think is. Um, much, much more rapid process uh, of bringing drug candidates into the clinic and um, a much cheaper process of, of bringing drug candidates into the clinic. Um, and that's but, but one example. So I think this whole area of the intersection of, of healthcare 
And the tools of modern technology is one that's going to be really important for us if we look out and what drives returns over the, the next 10 years. Well, that's fascinating as ever to talk with you, Tom. Unfortunately, that's um, all we've got time for. So many thanks again for your time, Tom, of those valuable insights. That's Tom Slater, Joint Manager of the Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. And thank you for listening or indeed watching. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more by the way of investment insight and ideas at ii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.